Welcome to the Rest and Recovery Podcast. This is a podcast on life's most effective healing tools, rest and recovery, through expert advice, wellness methods, and self-care. All right, well, with me today on the Rest and Recovery Podcast is Brandon Mancini, fitness professional, and uh co-member uh, of a men's mastermind called the Iron Council. So Brandon, welcome to the Rest and Recovery Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, uh, it's good to have you on. I know we, we chatted briefly in the past and uh, aligned in a few ways, not just on the title of, of this, but how to leverage rest and recovery uh, really to, to get fulfillment for us, especially, you know, it's, it's relevant to anybody, but for men. Um, you know, we're, we're good at, uh, pushing the lever and finding, you know, that, uh, fifth gear probably too often too much. Yeah. Um, but, um, and it's not, uh, you know, an inappropriate thing. It's just, we have to account for that rest and recovery piece to help us do that thing over again. Um, before we jump into kind of that concept and, and conversation, Give a little background on yourself, you know, your fitness professional, how long you've been in there, what got you there? Um, sure. Uh, so been doing it full time uh, uh, for over two decades now. Um, I went in the Marine Corps straight out of high school. Okay. Uh, went to, to boot camp in 96, uh, four days after graduating high school. Well, thank you. For uh, works. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh Machine Gunner 0331 was my primary MOS. Um, worked uh, in, in fast company anti-terrorism for a bit, some uh, special operations there, uh, and then Kilo 32. So got to go to the Middle East for a bit. Got to go to Japan for a bit. Um, Japan was a lot more fun. Uh, <clears throat> got out. Um, yeah. So got out and and um, typical thing like didn't have anybody pushing me for exercise. So after six months, I found myself uh, probably in the worst shape of my life. I couldn't run more than 50 yards without just my knees killing me. And I was 24 years old at the time. So uh, my uh, um, joined the YMCA to, you know, get back into shape uh, and was resigning myself to, you know, the typical thing of just working out for body. And there was a trainer there who came from a Marine Corps family and started talking to him. He helped me out a bit and helped me realize that, you know, exercise is not what what most 20-year-old men think about it, just beating the hell out of yourself in the hour, right? But it is the said principle, specific adaptation to impose demand, putting demand on your body so that it will adapt and and become able to do whatever it is you're training for. So the concept of reconditioning. So after, you know, three months of, of his guidance, I, I was like, I can run again. It was amazing. I could now run three miles again or more if I wanted to, but I don't ever really want to. <laughs> uh, that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah. So that's kind of in part what spurred me into becoming a, a personal trainer and then, um, met some, I was living in Norfolk at that time. Uh, uh, Ended up finding my way to uh, Northern Virginia, just outside of D.C. Met really early in my fitness career some just rock star coaches that uh, kind of 
this is when like functional fitness was kind of becoming a thing. Everybody was standing on top of BOSU balls, right? The 2001, early 2000s. And uh, they were like, cool. If, if people want to do that, you can help them do that. And that can be fun and interesting. And that can keep them, you know, engaged in exercise. But the tried and true stuff that works, works because it works, right? So get strong and do stuff is my hashtag. It's like the weekend warriors version of strength and conditioning, right? Um, and then, of course, the the other side of that is you're not stronger at the end of your workout, right? You're you're actually you're broken down a little bit. You're weaker, and it's you get stronger as you rest and recover. If you rest and recover properly and enough, right? So it's um, yeah, that kind of catches us up for the most part to now. But. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I mean it it's interesting that your background, because, you know, I would say, and maybe it's just my own mindset, the larger macro community is that what you said of like, you know, you go in the gym and it's an hour to beat the hell out of yourself. Uh, and it feels good. Right. And, but we can get a kind of addicted or used to that perspective and thinking that's what working out equals is being exhausted at the end of it. And no matter what you are, like I'm, I'm coming from, you said you don't want to do more than three. I'm coming from the other end of the spectrum of it as a runner. Um, but you can have that same approach and mentality of just beating the hell out of yourself of like going too far, too fast for too long, um, you know, and, and just pounding yourself to death and then not, not accounting for the other things because we're not pro athletes, right? And even then, you know, if you think about what they do, uh, many of them sleep nine to 12 hours, right? Because yeah. pounding their body. Now, as the everyday athletes like you and I, and, and most of your clients and mine, you know, we're not, but, but we have a similar total life load, as I call it, is that we have to account for. It's just not the fitness element. Yep. It's other components as a dad or a mom, right? As a coworker, business leader, business owner, you know, really accounting for that total life load that, you know, my story is not accounting for that. Right. And I was pushing yeah. the envelope on each of those domains of my life, quote unquote, 100%. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with everything you said there. A couple of things. When you talked about pro athletes and their rest and recovery, I remember a few years ago, it might even be a decade ago now when James Harrison, um, when he was with the Steelers, it was uh, coming out that he spent something like $225,000 a year in his recovery side of his exercise program, right? So we weren't even getting into <laughs> the, 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 strength, the strength and conditioning side, the workout side, just his recovery side, $225,000 a year. Wow. And, you know, and people were talking about, you know, I think he was close to 40 at that time. And playing the way he played, which was all out, right? And that's, you know, something to be said for that. So when you talk about, how did you put it, total life load? Yeah. Yeah. So when I sit down with somebody uh, in a consultation, <clears throat> it there's a part in the consultation where I'll ask them, after we've talked about goals, after we've talked about sports system, exercise history, toward the end, I'll say, okay, once we got a clear picture there, not just what their goals are, but why they're important to them, what is your commitment level to these goals mm -hmm. on a scale of one to 10, right? One being not committed at all, 10 being completely committed. 
And, uh, you know, I want to hear an eight or a nine. Right. Right. So if somebody says, you know, I'm, I think I'm a six, I'm going to come back to, okay, you talked about this. Is that really important to you then? Like a six seems kind of far down. But if somebody says they're a 10, then I'm going to say, okay, great. Love to hear it. So here's what we're going to do. You're going to quit your job. You're not going to talk to family or friends for a couple of months. I'm going to set up a tent in my backyard and I'm going to carve out this little section of my yard where you're going to grow your food. And there they start laughing. So, okay, cool. Let's be clear about something. Even most professional athletes aren't a 10, right? They can be because it's their livelihood. But um, I always come back to when my daughter was three months old, she had uh, RSV, a pretty bad case of it. And so she went into the hospital. We had to take her in there for 48 hours. She didn't, she was doing these breathing treatments every half an hour and it was miserable. She had no concept of what was going on. She would just scream during the treatments. And my wife stayed there with her the whole time. And then my in-laws were watching my son. So for all that time, I was going back and forth and back and forth between the hospital and the house, making sure everybody had what they need, right? Imagine if in the middle of that, I would say, hey, babe, you're good. I'm a, I got to go get my workout because that's my top priority. Fuck no, right? right. <laughs> so it it the workout is an eight or nine because keeping it consistently in there empowers me to play the roles I need to play in that top priority role right. of man, husband, father, provider. So I think it's important to to know to to clearly define where that sits. Because I think far too often people say, yeah, I'm a 10 and, and they go after it like they're a 10 and then relationships suffer and job suffers and everything that is truly important suffers. And then they say, oh, this, this is impossible. This is not maintained. Hello, and thank you for listening to the Rest and Recovery Podcast. Thank you for listening as always and sharing the content. And in order to make all of this happen, um, it does require some resource and I am fortunate to be able to introduce uh, two sponsors that are supporting the podcast to make this happen. So uh, please check them out. And first I want to introduce Fit Insider. It's F-I-T-T Insider. Uh, If you're obsessed with health and fitness as I am, then you'll absolutely love Fit Insider. I've been following them for close to a year now and uh, subscribe to their free newsletter. It's packed with industry trends, news, tech, startup information, and much, much more. Um, you know, anything from wearables to health optimization to what's new, what's trending in the market to what are the key staples, what are the big companies doing to pivot, expand, and grow to advance the health and wellness market. And, um, you know, Fit Insider, F I T T, again, Fit Insider is a tremendous resource for that. Not to mention, uh, they have a weekly podcast. They offer a jobs board if you're looking to get into the health and wellness space as a career pivot. They also have an investment fund and other resources for those in the health tech space for operators. So trust me, if you're looking for something to really understand and have a finger on the pulse of the health and wellness market, fitinsider.com is definitely the one to bookmark. So please check them out. Link is in the show notes. 
and I would encourage you to go check them out. Thank you. Yeah. Well, not, not if you do it that way. hundred percent. And it, it really echoes the whole, um, I call it the new year's resolution syndrome. You know what I mean? Is you, you go in Bingo. so often fast, uh, and you go from like couch to 5k kind of mentality of, or really couch the marathon in, in within a short period. And you don't, you know, account for all those different things and, and you burn out. Um, yep. And then it, then you get frustrated and then you just don't go back or, and we've all done it. I've been there, that yo-yoing element. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the pace of play is really important to understand contextually as to where you are in, in the present state. And I really like your method, you know, and, and it's a similar one from my functional practice of, um, you know, asking that question of that one, that you know, one to 10, where are you? And really understanding what that number means and putting some context to it, right? Because we all are knee jerkers. We want to say that nine, ten, right? <laughs> of course, I'm not. I'm not a six uh, or five or whatever. I'm committed. Um, but then you have to to really review commitment, and then I guess level of effort. Yeah, are not the same thing. Right. Yeah. Very well said. Commitment and level of effort are very far from the same thing. Yes, sir. So. Um, when you're dealing with this, what are, what are some of the impediments that you see with men when it comes to that, right? Whether it's mindset or like lack of support or, you know, the, <laughs> the lone wolf, that's not so wise, you know, methodology, but, you know, maybe touch on that a little. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the, not one of the first thing that I talk about when I sit down with someone is support system, right? So if you make this declaration of I'm going to change my life, I'm going to get healthy, I'm going to become the best version of myself I can be, uh, mostly speaking about the you know physical side, who are your supporters? Who are the people that are going to be like, hell yeah, let's go. I'm, I'm behind you. Love to see it. And, and we write those out and we, we talk about those people a little bit. And, um, and talk about how, okay, you're going to lean on them, right? Cause it's, it's not going to be easy. You're going to, you know, there are going to be times when you're going to ask for a little bit of support from them, but, but first you're going to tell them, I'd like your support in doing this. Right. So you, you build that, that foundation of your support system. And we get all that laid out and talk about some of those conversations because it is, it is really important, right? That's building up like the, the foundation of your, beautiful, healthy lifestyle city. We can call it that. Next, I told them, okay, when you make this declaration, who are the people that are going to be like, you know what? You, you're perfect the way you are. You don't need to do that. Those people that go to the gym, they're crazy. They're obsessed. Blah, blah, blah. Who are those detractors that while it may sound like they have good intent, there's probably a little bit of malevolence in there of if you get better, that means it's going to shine a spotlight on where I'm falling short. Right. Um, who are those people? And sometimes people say, you know, I don't have any of that in my life, which maybe you do, maybe you don't. I, I would say, even if you don't think you do, you're probably not aware of it. It'll come up. Yeah. And whether they say they have them or not, I always arm them 
with what is going to be the moat around that city you've built to the defense mm-hmm. to keep that bad the the that bad messaging out. And I'll tell them, just ready to pull this from your back pocket. When that comes up, when that person comes up and they they detract you like that, you're gonna say, look, you're gonna come back to those goals. I told you these goals and I told you why they're important to me. And I'm asking for your support in achieving them. But if I can't have your support, I demand your silence. And I'll tell them, look, you need to say that when that comes up because you are going to be getting outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. You're going to be uncomfortable. And it is going to take very little to push you back into that comfort zone. If you're not ready to shut it down as soon as it pops up, it's going to be an obstacle that's going to be very hard for you to overcome. That is an excellent point because I think, you know, societally, you know, that's basically establishing boundaries. And 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 we've gotten to this Bingo. point that, you know, setting boundaries is somehow an issue. Um, and yeah, I guess you could say there's going to be a conflict somewhere. Someone might be a little offended or what have you, but being able to deliver that healthy boundary and expectation is critical because too often we, it, it becomes passive aggressive and creates, you know, the silence, which then spurs on a whole other <laughs> things. And that's in any and all relationships, right? You know? Yeah. Whether and it's, it's not only that, but it's, it's, it, it, it is a form of aggression, passive aggression if, of someone, oh, you don't need it, you know, please don't, whatever. And you can come back at that and it can become an argument, which is just pulling you off yep. the line of achieving your goal, right? Where this is more like judo, redirection, right? So just they come at you and, hey, I want your support, so get with me and go this way. Or get out of the way. It's yeah. that simple. And it, it shuts them down pretty quickly. Yeah. And and equipping yourself with the good delivery, right? You know, and, and you, you kind of mentioned something along those lines, and it's a phrase I use is good intentions misapplied. You know, somewhere in there, it is good intentions of them like trying to be encouraging to you, but there is also a, an element of, you know, probably some self preservation. Yeah. So, so accounting for that, but just, you know, being, hey, thanks for the input understand you know doesn't align with me so yeah it'd be helpful if you just you know silence is the best option here keep it to yourself yeah Yeah. (laughs) because because even just even within ourselves you know uh just because you have a thought doesn't mean it has to leave your mouth um (laughs) you know yes yeah discretion i guess or yeah Meditation in real time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So when it comes to, you know, we'll we'll stick with the burnout, you know, and the other side of burnout is just building the resilience to avoid that burnout. Um, Are there some tactics or strategies you use for yourself or those that you you work with your clients um, to frame that up well? Because we have that tendency to think, you know, intensity is the only option when it comes to you know working out how to get that uh, borrow from atomic habits that one percent better right you're pushing yourself yes but just a little bit so that you know maybe that third set of 12 is it a little bit of a strain yeah but you're, you're still kind of finishing strong and that's where yeah. you stop rather than like that you know shaking and can't get it up when do you know where that tension point is within yourself 
Uh, so a couple of things there. Um, first, something you said there in the beginning just made me think of the old Bruce, Bruce Lee quote about hacking away the unessentials, right? Mm -hmm. right? So there, there's um, having a to-do list is really important. I would argue just as important is having that not to-do list, right? So uh, for the most part, it, for most people, it's not getting caught up in social media, right? It, it's if it's something you need to do or it's a whatever, a lot, some time you're going to do that, right? So uh, time management, activity management, however you want to put it, right? How much time are you going to spend doing what and, and be present in the moment in what you're working on there. Um, the, the, the second part of uh, you were asking about, I guess, how to manage intensity. A lot of that is going to depend on what the person's exercise history is. Yeah. Um, so like I, I have a, uh, some different online groups that I run. Um, and I, I run one for uh, beginners, people who haven't worked out a lot in the past or haven't for years. And it is learning uh where that intensity is like what a rate of perceived exertion is so in the beginning um it's just learning movement patterns what is a proper squat proper hinge push pull rotate all that stuff how to move through that and then learning how to build stress on top of that because when we talk about strength strength is the ability of a position or pattern to endure stress and if we build strength we're in we're building the stress that it can endure right and, and Obviously, that fits in the physical sense, but strength is the ability of a position or pattern to endure stress, and that carries over to your political, ideological beliefs. That can carry over to uh, emotional stress, right? So uh, a yeah. relationship you have with someone, how much stress can it endure? All these things are things that you can work on to build stress, to build strength, to endure stress in those realms, right? So if somebody has never strength trained before, then we're going to be starting with some basics and learning how much can you handle? When is this giving up versus when is this giving up? And that's yeah. um, very personalized depending on, on where a person's at. That's great, great insight. Um, I'm really understanding the head and the heart, right? And then it kind of goes back yeah. to kind of where you are in your present state, right? Not, not your ideal self, but understand, you know, there's the vision of your physical desires, but there's your present state. Um, and that, that, you know, from, you know, again, a running perspective, I think about it for myself. Oftentimes if I've had, you know, do a race and then I might have an extended recovery after that. And I just don't get back into running life happens. And then there's like two months pass. And then I start up again my brain is still where I finished, which was peak performance. But my body is saying, son, you are not there anymore. <laughs> yeah. And it, that is such a mental and physical, like wrestling match, more mental, um, of really, uh, <laughs> I guess, humility equipping. <laughs> yeah. You know, but even within that, so I made the joke when we opened here about, uh, not wanting to run three miles or more. Mm -hmm. um, but 
you know, going back to when I got out of the Marines for the, a lot of the time before that, either forced again i was in the marine so plenty of mornings i was i know we're a health podcast but let's be honest you know in early 20s infantry marine a lot of times i was running i was hung over right <laughs> um wasn't enjoyable and but we were competing right so who can run the best well in that state um some of the runs were were forced right we, and and we were just seeing you know building the mental resilience there how much grit how much how much metal do you have right um and when i got out right like i i couldn't run right or i, I just my knees weren't up to it and, but once i was coached back to being able to run running is a sport a mm -hmm. lot of people forget that you don't get in shape i'm sorry you don't play sports to get into shape you get into shape to play sports right and that's what uh that that coach there at the the y taught me and then so i, I was able to to enjoy running again. Then, um, you know, we, we talked about this offline, but the accident I had back in 2017, uh, November 19th, 2017, squatting 405, uh, keeping up with the, uh, the, the, uh, the kids half my age and the CrossFit boxes I was working out with, being able to run no problem. The next day, hit by an intoxicated driver and pinned between two cars. So November 21st, 2017, my workout was taking 10 steps with a walker, right? And plenty of people told me that wouldn't get the strength back. Running days were behind me, blah, blah, blah. Same principles applied, man. I've got to build, I've got to rebuild strength, right? Yeah. And, and to re be able to rebuild that strength physically, it comes from up here. So it was literally and figuratively one step at a time. And it took me 16 months to get back to squatting 405 when I was told I wouldn't do it again. And uh, a little before that, I was able to get back to, to running consistently, right? So um, probably not going to be setting any land speed records, anything like that. But it's something I've come back from twice now. I don't hope I don't have to come back from it again. <laughs> but uh, hey, who knows? But if I, it does, yeah. I'm ready. Yeah, but I mean, I think you give a great example of, you know, in that phrase you used, you, you, you work out to play a sport, not play a sport to work out. And, it, you know, we're playing the, the sport of life, right? And, and every little yes, is that preparation for that thing. And you don't want to be negative Nancy, but you don't know when things are going to happen. And I would argue that your physical conditioning prior to the accident not only prepared you mentally, but physically for your body to recover well and get back to where you were in what I would say a pretty dang short period of time for an extreme accident. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So the, the, the physical condition definitely made the, the recovery possible. And, and not even, so <clears throat> there was, <clears throat> I still have the rear bumper from that Jeep. I was walking around the back of my Jeep uh, and this kid came along driving his daddy's truck, hit me, pinned me. So I still have that rear bumper that's got the leg print in it. Um, when the, uh, I had three severe bone bruises, right? So no breaks. I was really lucky there. Uh, torn uh, MCL. Um, severe crush syndrome to everything in the right leg. 
so the muscles were all just done. Um, so one of the doctors came in and said, you know, Mr. Mancini, your, your physical condition is the reason you one still have your leg, uh, two, it, it, it isn't broken, but it, you know, it will help you recover. And then she started to say you're, but you won't get back to where you were. There was a nurse on the ICU floor who was one of the, who was an athlete in one of the boxes that I coached at. So the, you know, my physical abilities were, had, had gotten known there. She said, she, and I guess she had some good intention there saying, wow. you know, you, you need to understand you're not going to get back to where you were. So I told her, I said, look, who's in charge of my care. And the look on her face immediately was she thought I was asking, where's the man in charge? Um, which is, was not my intention, but I said, who's in charge of my care? She said, well, I am. Are you okay with that? I said, no, you're not. I am in charge of my care. You are a consultant. Thank you for your input. I will squat 405 again. Um, and she, okay. Uh, and, and that was that, but it just, it was like, no, I'm going to do this again. I've made up my mind. Um, but you're, you're right. The, uh, the, my physical abilities up to that point lessened the impact impact the accident had and made me physically and mentally better prepared for recovery. Absolutely. Um, not just that, but the, not the, just the condition of my body, but the physical experience of understanding how exercise worked, um, having the resources I could go to because I was taking the physical therapists were telling me they, this was great for my ego. <laughs> they had nicknamed me Wolverine going through PT because they were telling me, you're recovering faster than anyone we've ever seen. I was taking 70 to 80 pills a day, supplement wise, um, three shakes loaded with collagen. Mm -hmm. um, I was doing ice baths at, at a minimum of three times a week um, for 10 to 15 minutes. So, I mean, I was all in on my recovery. I definitely wasn't spending the money that James Harrison was, but <laughs> I was putting in. Principally, you were there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's a great way to put it. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a incredible story. Uh, glad you're on the other side of it. And, you know, I've heard this, I've used this many times on this podcast and other places is, you know, your test is your testimony because you don't, you know, when you're coaching, especially, and we're all coaches in some aspect of life is you're setting the example on how you do things, not necessarily even the result, but the, the, but the, the approach, like you were talking about that mentality and, you know, it's helpful on the, the health side, I think from a healthcare perspective, so many people just abdicate their health to the system. And yeah. I understand the idea, again, good intention misapplied, I think, is that you're trusting the people around you, but it is your health, not theirs. They are providing, you know, their best intentions but if there's something off um that you don't agree with you can challenge that in a respectful way but i think importantly is that you what you showed was the the personal ownership is like i'm going to drive this bus and you're on for the ride to help support me uh and yeah there's yeah. time i have to defer to them and be like yeah maybe i need to slow down or turn left as opposed to going straight but you know it's still your, your health and your body and not somebody else's. Yeah. Yeah. 
and I, I would, you know, you have to uh, consider the source. And I say that because a lot of doctors are dealing with people. How did you say it? They um, have, have given up their, uh, their, um, given up control of their, yeah, given up control yeah. of their care to the to the to the system, right? Yeah. That uh, may not always be guiding people the best way. So, so maybe in her head, she is just used to dealing with people who, in that situation, would be like, "Yeah, I guess I'm done." I'm not. I'm not done. No, I'm sorry. I yeah. plan on living. I want more life on the X and the Y axis. I plan on getting more days in the life, more life in the days. I'm not done. I know I can come back from this. So thank you for your input. Please step aside. Yeah. It's right? that so yeah, I yeah, I've I've pivoted to that centurion mentality, whether I li live to hundred or not, but I mean having that mentality that I'm not just gonna live long but live well. Um yes. and, and having that big vision of like I wanna be able to get down on the ground with my great grandkids. I wanna be able to drive the lane on my grandkid. You know what I mean? Now, <laughs> yeah. I might be five when I do it, but uh, point is, you know, I want to be able to, you know, get around and get around well, not just, um, you know, going through the motions. But yeah, hundred percent. It's that mindset. So, um, you know, I kind of asked the question on the intensity piece. It's it's what's a practical. I think it starts with awareness right within oneself of like being able to act um, accurately assess yourself to be able to apply yourself. Well, you know, kind of around that same question of intensity, but what's the first approach for somebody or when you coach with somebody who's not coming from, you know, recent history of being physically active um, that, that first domino. Um the first domino is, is putting in the effort, right? <laughs> Trying it, see, seeing what you can actually do. Um, you know, there's, I've long said there's two types of clients. There's the kind I have to push and the kind I have to pull the reins back on. Right. Um, and I got to tell you, endurance athletes like yourself, man, they tend to be the kind you got to pull the reins back on for sure. Um, but, but on the other side, what you're asking about uh, the, the, people who might be new to it uh, or trying something new, right? There are a lot of endurance athletes who don't uh, incorporate strength training. Yeah. Right. And, and that, they that's don't. That's the culture for many years. And that's what I Yeah, up. they don't, they don't understand that over the course of 26.2 miles, the person that puts more force into the ground is going to win. Right. So if we can get you to create more force, mm -hmm. we can get you to go faster with less effort. Um, so, so trying that out, right. And, and finding out what your capacity is to push in the new realm that you're trying, right. And seeing how your body responds. Um, so if, if somebody comes back and they're like, you know, I, I think I'm pretty good at not putting people in this situation by this point in my career, but if they come back and they're like, I couldn't move for two days. Well, yeah, we, we overstepped a little bit, right. Yep. And we need to, to come back from there and, and decrease total volume. So, um, 
but if they come back and they're, I was sore, but it wasn't debilitating. I was able to do my job. I was able to live my life. Then yeah, we've kind of found that sweet spot and we can grow within that. Yeah. And then, you know, part of getting in better shape overall is your body learns to recover faster and then you can increase uh, workload. You can increase capacity volume. Yeah, no, th that's a great tip of like what I would add to that is the kind of the grace to be sore for a couple of days and that, and that, and, and, kind of your trial by fire, so to speak, is like you find where you're at, you, you push it, you get it done that day, but you're, like you said, you're sore for two, three days. Yeah. yeah. I, you found the max or a little over the max and and just dial it back. And it's that, that using the dials to just adjust things and not. Yeah. So that, that's the, like the, the physical demand that comes with it. Right. But especially with my online people, so the, the people that I'm not really seeing in, in person or maybe we're communicating through email or through a spreadsheet or something like that. Um, if it's something new they're getting into, there's there's not just the physical things that are going to be challenging of like, I'm sore the next day, but there's the I'm getting into a new realm. I don't understand this. I can watch the video demo, but I the setup is I'm not able to view externally. I got to feel it. Right. And so I'll start off with, look your goal for this first week is to get half these reps done, mm -hmm. right? It, it's so you've got this all set, but the win at the end of this week, a win is 50% of the work done. And again, if it's somebody new, especially endurance athletes, the first thing they always come back with is I got it. hundred percent of the work is going to be done. Okay, man. I hope that happens. If you do awesome. But again, a win is 50%, right? Because you're trying something new, stuff is going to go wrong. And most of the time, they come back and they're like, "Hey, coach, listen, this came up. I didn't understand this. Da, da, da. So, okay, what'd you get done?" And they show me, and it's like 50, 60 percent. Awesome, that was the win, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, cool. All right, this week, seventy percent of the set, the, the work, seventy percent of the sets. That's the goal. Okay, but this week, I think I got it. I'm going to get hundred percent. Awesome. I hope you do. <laughs> but the win is this right and we we work up from there so yeah, it, yeah it's um yeah man that, growing that, within the the new realm that's a great great approach you're uh helping me a little bit personally too where i started a program and it was um this hybrid athlete approach and when i started out i i went to go do all of it and i'm like dude i don't know if i can physically do this and still live the rest of my day out yeah. I just had to swallow the pride a little bit. And it's like, it's amazing how the pride, you know, it's a good sort of good thing uh, that it was wanted to push myself. And I was like realizing, you know, okay, maybe just dial it back. And like you said, that 50% just did do half of it. And that's what I did for like the first week. And then I went to 75 Perfect. and then, then hit Perfect. third or fourth week. I was like doing kind of the whole thing. And he also had like, the thing I was following had tiered levels to it. So like, it took me three weeks to get to the beginner thing, just because again, you got to count for something different, right? I wasn't doing the type of workouts. Bingo. If it's something new you're doing physically, again, you can watch the video, but even the best athletes, it's you, you don't have the external eye. And if you don't have a coach that's right there, you don't have external eye feedback right? Maybe you're videoing, but you don't have it in real time. You can video it and send it to the coach and whatever. So it's, uh, you don't know 
exactly how you're going to, how efficiently you're going to be able to put it into play. And you don't know how your body's going to respond. Right. So expecting a hundred percent right off the bat is setting you up for failure. Yeah. And that, that, that should be obvious. Right. So yeah, it, it's, um, you've got to set those, those expectations and those tick marks of how you set yourself up for a win and grow from there. So good. Yeah, that's really good. And, and I think also you're really hitting on the key point that I've become aware of is, and I keep hearing it in other domains is like having a coach and, you know, I, the importance of it in, in any aspect, not just the physical, right. We're talking fitness, but I think there's so many other options of coaches out there um, to help facilitate is that external eye, like you said, that, that third party, so to speak, of seeing it from a different angle, because it may feel okay. So say functional wise, you're doing a squat and it feels okay and you're getting it done, but there might be a little off balance that you do that systemically, you know, you're going to get yourself injured. Or, right. You know, if you if you build strength on top of dysfunction, you've strengthened dysfunction. Right. <laughs> that's yeah. a great, that's a great quote right there. Um, so I think you know the value of of bringing on coaches and and finding it that fits your lifestyle, your your financial circumstance, but uh, you know the the value of that investment, uh, especially getting to the fundamentals and really focusing on those for an extended period of time. Yes, year. sir. Um, so kind of running up on time, but before we jump into the hot seat, how can folks find you if they want to check out some of your health programs that are online or in person? Uh, I would say Instagram is probably the, the easiest. I've got two Instagram handles, uh, coach Brandon Mancini, all one word, no spaces. And then BMF coach, uh, BMF stands for Brandon Mancini fitness or whatever you want it to stand for. Uh, <laughs> but coach Brandon Mancini and BMF coach. Great. Yeah, I would highly encourage everybody listening to to check out Brandon. So, uh, hot seat, nothing too heavy. So, what are you reading right now? What am I reading right now? Uh, so, I'm finishing up Atomic Habits because uh, I was a, a bit behind on that. Um, and uh, Story Brand, I'm okay. getting ready to start Story Brand. Cool. Uh, what are you listening to right now? Be it music or podcast. Uh, Andrew Huberman is okay. a, a go-to podcast. Uh, yep. Ryan's podcast, Order of Man, uh, is a, a great one. Um, I'd say those are the two podcasts I'm pretty heavy in right now. Okay, cool. Music, it's all over the place, man. Uh, I've, I mean, good music is what I listen to. <laughs> I'm with you on that. I'm an equal opportunity listener, man. I'll, it just depends on the mood and just throw it on. Yeah. I've got uh, Johnny Cash on my workout playlist, Wu-Tang. Um, it, <laughs> again, it, it varies quite a bit. Yeah, that, that's a spectrum right there. Um, all right, last one. What's your go-to rest and recovery method? Um, eat well, sleep well, and uh, I try to get uh, – not try to. I get – 10 to 15 minutes of time in cold water each week. Uh, at least if, if I can get up to 20, I will get that into, but cumulative. So I'll do uh, three or four minutes uh, a day when I can. Uh, so I kind of put this concept to my clients 
and I call it the, uh, depending on who I'm talking to, either the chaos sandwich or the shit sandwich. Um, I have my morning routine where uh, I, I wake up and, you know, prep for my day. A lot of days I get a nice bath in there. I get my workout in. I get some time with the kids before they go off to school. And then I have my evening routine where I get the kids to bed, read them story, get some time with my wife and um, get some reading in, but, and get prepared to get good sleep. And those are the two pieces of bread. And in the middle is the stuff I have to deal with and get done. Yeah. The chaos or the shit or whatever you want to put through. So the, the chaos sandwich, the shit, the shit sandwich, however you want to approach that. That's the, the, the best way I structure my days. Yeah. I like that a lot. Uh, I, I kind of like your phrase better than mine, which is bookend your days, but, um, <laughs> that's a great way to put it again. I might use that again, depending on who I'm. I'm yeah, exactly. To. Depends on the audience. Right. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Great insights, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, hello, everyone. Thank you for listening. And before we jump into this next episode, I wanted to share with you the release of my first and of many courses. And this is a free one, and it's based on sleep. As you know, this whole podcast is rooted in my own historical challenges with sleep and decided to learn more about it. And I've put together the beginnings of a number of things that will be coming out this year and in the future. And this first one is free and it's your best sleep blueprint. And it's a great framework to get you started to launch into reclaiming your sleep and reclaiming your health. Uh, This will be a great Kickstarter and uh, I hope you enjoy it. Please check out bestsleepblueprint.com. That's bestsleepblueprint.com. It's free, and I would encourage you to join in. It's just eight videos, and share it far and wide because there are a lot of people out there struggling with sleep, and I would love to be able to help serve them in some way. So thank you for listening, and enjoy this next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Rest and Recovery Podcast. Please share this information far and wide. Rate, review, would appreciate all of the support, uh, and thank you so much for listening. Uh, You can also check out episodes on any of your favorite podcast platforms, such as Spotify and Apple Podcasts, or you can check out the website at www.berestedbewell.com. Thanks, and have a great day.